Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Phipps. This episode is being recorded on November 18th, 2020. There's a lot of big news for us to get into, and I'm very excited to share with you all, so let's dive directly into this week's episode. First, I would like to congratulate Dustin Johnson on his winning of the Masters. Uh, he went 20 under par to earn his first green jacket. He set uh, multiple records while doing so. Uh, this is a big achievement for him, big achievement for anybody to win the Masters. And so I would just like to extend my congratulations to him. Hopefully he has many more in the future, many more wins, that is. And now let's get on to the NFL news. The Steelers, after a very convincing win over the Bengals, are now 9-0. and And the potential for them to go undefeated is a very real one at this point. Some of the, comp- some of the main competition that they face in the rest of their schedule – uh, they play the Ravens again. Obviously, that's a divisional matchup. They play the Bills, and then they play the Colts. So it'll be interesting to see how long the Steelers can keep this going. You know, a lot of people before the season started, they didn't necessarily write the Steelers off, but nobody predicted them to go this far. It's looking like they're going to take the AFC North, which, I mean, 99% of people would have gave that to the Ravens before this, uh, the season started, including myself. So this is a very, this is a very good, this is a very good position for the Steelers to be in, because they are uh, first in their division. Uh, if the playoffs started right now, they would be the only team in the AFC to get the bye week because of the extended playoffs. And so I believe that this is they in a they're in a very they're in a very good position as long as they don't get complacent. We saw at the end of last at the end of last season, uh, the Ravens got complacent. They kind of rested on their laurels, and they got they they basically they got lazy, you know. Um, I believe it was the last week of the regular season. I believe Lamar Jackson didn't play at all, and that definitely um, contributed to their downfall. You know, for, it was it was three weeks in, at that point that Lamar Jackson hadn't played a football game, and. It just seemed like the the Ravens' offense was not ready to show up, and in their uh, their matchup, and so, you know, with the veteran experience, the Super Bowl experience that Ben Roethlisberger has, I don't think that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers would make the same mistake as the uh, Ravens did, and so, if you ask me, the Steelers have a very very real shot at going undefeated in this season. Now, the postseason is another question because up until this point, they have had somewhat of an easy schedule. You know, they have played their, – their division is not the best. They do have to, to play the Ravens. The Ravens are a good team. We all know this. But the other teams in that division are lackluster. You know, Baker, there's still questions around whether he can perform. And the Bengals, I mean, they have Joe Burrow. But other than that, they don't have very much. So – the Steelers have had a – they've been sort of lucky with their schedule, but nonetheless, they are undefeated. To me, they are the best team in football until they someone takes that uh, someone takes that title away from them by handing them uh, their first loss. So I'm just I'm, – I'm very I'm – look, every Steelers game at this point is on my radar just to see who's going to be the one to knock them off. If anyone knocks them off, like I said, they play the Ravens, Bills, and Colts. 
those are the the notable teams that they play um, later on this season. Their next game is against the Jaguars. Uh, I don't think that's going to be particularly close, especially seeing as the Steelers have done a pretty good job at, you know, dominating the the lesser teams to a certain extent. Uh, we ha- we did see that that scare versus the Cowboys. Um, but besides that, the Steelers are the best team in football, if you ask me. Their defense is top three. Uh, their offense also top three. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised if the Steelers go sixteen and zero. In NFL news, it is to a time in Miami. Uh, the The Dolphins made the switch when they were three and three. A lot of people criticized that move, including myself, but. Um, at this point, Tua has three consecutive wins under his belt, and it's looking like a very real possibility that possibility that they can make the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that they could take the top spot from the Bills, but maybe they can sneak into one of those uh, wild card spots. You know, the extended playoffs is the extended playoffs this year is going to be very good for sneaking in some of those some of those teams that just that. Are just barely under, and so if the Miami if the Miami Dolphins keep playing the way they are, I could definitely see them snatching up one of the wild card spots, and it'll be very exciting. Um, we've seen Tua play well up until this point. Um, let's see how he responds when the pressure's really on. If they continue to if they continue to win and the pressure continues to grow. Let's see how he performs under that. Other than that, um, I have no criticisms of Tua so far. Um, we've seen him play with confidence. We've seen him play with competence as well. And so um, be on the lookout for those Dolphins because they can very easily sneak into a playoff spot. More quarterback news. Drew Brees suffered multiple cracked ribs and a collapsed lung. Um I don't know how he played through that. Uh, Drew Brees is a hell of a warrior for that. Um, you know, most quarterbacks wouldn't even bother to come back in after a very bad sack. But Drew Brees played through cracked ribs and a collapsed lung. Um, this leads to the question that is their season done for? And is this the last that we would be seeing of Drew Brees? Um I don't necessarily believe that their season is done for. You know, Drew Brees has expressed some uh, possibility of him returning in the future um, later on this season for the Saints. Uh, I don't know that the Saints would be in any rush to have him come back because they are playing well. You know, their offense has finally found its stride. Um, but the real question is, can Jameis lead them to the their winning the division? Um, we have seen that the Buccaneers, although I do believe that they are a step behind the Saints, um, they can clear out competition when they need to. You know, the Buccaneers have been very streaky when it comes to their offense. Um, it's all about keeping Brady in a clean pocket. But they have shown that when Brady is in a clean pocket, when Brady's in his rhythm, that they're nearly unstoppable. And so 
I don't necessarily know that the Buccaneers will slow down in terms of their wins. But it's definitely up until the it's definitely up to the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers definitely control their fate. And which which is very interesting because as you guys know, Jameis Winston is coming from the Buccaneers and the up and down season he had with thirty five touchdowns and I believe thirty interceptions, you know, it's it's interesting to see that now he's he's playing for uh that rival team. So I'm not ready to count the Saints out just yet, but they're gonna James is gonna have to step up big time and he's gonna have to limit the amount of turnovers that he's thrown. He he um he's been a real up and down guy his entire career. You know, for every five touchdowns he throws five picks. Um it's just it's gonna it's gonna be a very awkward situation for the Saints to see if they can manage uh, manage Jameis's turnovers because we know they're gonna come. Uh, Jameis is like Jameis is essentially Ryan Fitzpatrick in a Saints jersey at this point. Uh, he has incredible highs, but his lows are very low. And so let's see if uh, Jameis can lead the the Saints to winning their division. If not, I do think that's a there's a strong possibility of them. Uh, sneaking into the playoffs via a wild card spot. But with the NFC West and how many uh, good teams there are, you never know. So the Saints are definitely going to want to win their division uh, and win it as fast as they can because the Buccaneers are definitely – they they're not neck and neck with them, but they're only a few steps behind, and I could definitely see them winning the division if the Saints go on a losing streak. More quarterback news. The quarterback woes for the Chicago Bears, they just keep uh, they keep happening. You know, Nick Foles has a hip pointer. Uh, that's a, a bruise, a, a deep bruise on his hip area. Um, at this point, I don't know where the Bears go from here. But, you know, it's, it's just a shame. Uh, the Bears really wasted this the past offseason by signing Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Um, there were easily other better quarterback options available, like a Teddy Bridgewater, like a Cam Newton. But I don't, I don't know at this point. At this point, they're on a four-game losing streak, and I don't think that they can turn their season around. I think that they're going to have to chalk this one up to a just – they're just going to talk it up as a loss column for this season. You know, they started off very hot, but all of their wins were net, were conditional in in a sense. Uh, start even starting with week one in that drop game winner versus the uh, the Lions. Uh, DeAndre Swift DeAndre Swift uh, dropped a game winning touchdown in the end zone, and then the Bears proceeded to win that game. <clears throat> uh, the game against the Falcons, where the Falcons blew a lead you know the Bears the Bears have always been I don't know the Bears are just they're just a mess right now keeping on with the NFC let's go to the NFC East also known as the NFC least because of how bad terrible this division is uh it's looking like the Eagles or the Giants is going to take this division um the Giants just beat the Eagles last week, 
But if you ask me, I think the Eagles still have this division in the bag. Carson Wentz is still the best quarterback in this division as of now um, with Dak out, with Dak injured, of course. Um, we have seen we have seen Carson Wentz not produce this season, which hurts me as a Carson Wentz fan because it's very hard to be a fan of somebody when they're just, they're just not playing well. I'm sure Bears fans can identify with that. Um, again, I see the Eagles taking this division. Um, Daniel Jones has been wildly inconsistent for the Giants, so I don't necessarily think that he has the capabilities of taking this team uh, as far as the playoffs. Going on from the worst division in football to the best, uh, the NFC West, uh, the Seahawks look to be in trouble. Um, as of this point, there is no certainty on who's going to take the division. The Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks are all very, very dominant teams. They're very good. Well, I don't want to say that the Rams are dominant, more so that they're very good. Um, if you ask me, I do think the Seahawks still take this division just because of Russell Wilson and his high-powered offense. Russell Wilson has become somewhat of a turnover machine in these past few weeks, but uh, I think that's a result of him having to make make uh, miraculous plays in order to in order to compensate for his terrible defense. Um, I still do like the Seahawks as the best team in the NFC West, although the Cardinals are very very close in that. Speaking of the Cardinals, we can't talk about the Cardinals without talking about this past week's amazing heroics by Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what a great catch by Hopkins. What a great throw by Kyler. You know, at the beginning of this season when DeAndre Hopkins was, was playing for the Cardinals, you know, a lot of people – well, not a lot of people – Everybody criticized uh, Bill O'Brien and the Texans organization for letting DeAndre Hopkins uh, go for basically nothing at this point. Unfortunately for the Texans, that trade has worked wonders for the Cardinals. Um, it's turned them into a, a almost a guaranteed playoff team. You know, they're still in the NFC West. Anything could happen. But DeAndre Hopkins has really transformed this offense not only DeAndre Hopkins, but Kyler Murray's progression as a passer. You know, Kyler is, if you ask me, Kyler's maybe number four in the MVP race. Uh, we'll get into more. We'll get into that topic next. But it's very, I'm, I'm very happy when young quarterbacks find their stride and young quarterbacks find their, their go-to guy. You know, that's why I was so upset when, uh, DeAndre Hopkins got traded from the Texans because Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite young quarterbacks, and having his, having his uh, his Clemson brother in DeAndre Hopkins traded away from him, I know that 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 definitely stung if if for for uh, for Deshaun. The past is the past, though, and the trade was made. Unfortunately, can't do anything about it now. I know that the Texans uh, they're kicking themselves in the in the in the butt for that one, but hey, it is what it is. Current MVP race, um, with the past few weeks, Russ has 
unfortunately played his way out of the number one MVP rank. Um, at this point in time, I'm giving that to Patrick Mahomes. Um, the Chiefs only have one loss on the year. Uh, I think secretly everyone knew that the MVP of the league was Patrick Mahomes up until this point, but we all wanted it to be someone else. You know, it's kind of like why Karl Malone got the MVP over uh, Michael Jordan back in the day. Um, people want to see other – people want to see more than just uh, the face of the league get an MVP trophy. People want to see other teams win, you know, which is why the Patriots were so hated for so long because they just kept winning. You know, so I believe many people were not necessarily being biased, but they were just pretending that uh, Russ was the MVP. But if you ask me, I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt um, in my mind that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league currently. Let's switch over to the AFC now. Uh, the Ravens have struggled, specifically Lamar Jackson. Uh, we saw a, a heart a heartbreaking loss to the Patriots this past week. Again, I love the young quarterback, so it's it was a it was very tough on me seeing that loss, especially after seeing that that drop pass. Um, but that's been the season for the Ravens. You know their defense has held up their end of the bargain, but it's their offense has struggled. Uh, we we've we've saw we've seen many uh, careless Lamar turnovers. We've seen their offense get uh, stifled. You know we've seen we've seen a bunch that last season we we didn't see at all. You know um, I think part of this has to do with Lamar losing his confidence um, because he has. Don't get me wrong, Lamar Lamar Jackson is still a phenomenal quarterback in the NFL. But we have seen that he's relied almost too heavily on his running ability. And because of that, teams have begun to uh predict their predict their game plan. And because Lamar doesn't have any his his receiving core is not bad, but Lamar doesn't have a go-to wide receiver. His go-to target is Mark Andrews, his tight end, a serve of a very good tight end, might I add. But if you ask me, Lamar needs that. Lamar needs a number one receiver to go to. You know, Willie Sneed's okay. Uh, Hollywood Browns, there he's 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 okay, but he needs a a Pro Bowl receiver in order to transform this uh, Ravens offense from predominantly running to a balance of the run pass, uh, both the run and the pass game. Um, If you ask me, if Lamar gets that, if Lamar gets a Pro Bowl receiver, if Lamar gets any sort of help in the receiving uh, position, then he progresses more as a passer, and the Ravens eventually end up with a Super Bowl um, soon in their future. But as of now, the Ravens are going to continue to struggle because of how reliant they are on Lamar Jackson's running capabilities. And don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson is an adequate passer, but he has to take that next step. Uh, we saw glimpses of it last season against um, against teams like the Dolphins where he threw for a bunch of touchdowns, but Lamar Jackson has to take that next step. And in order for him to do that, he has to get a, a, a Pro Bowl 
receiver. Some key matchups for next week, week 11, are Cardinals at Seahawks, Steelers at Jaguars, Titans at Ravens, and Rams at Buccaneers. Here are my picks for those games. Um, The Seahawks are going to take the Cardinals matchup. They're at home. You know, Russ is... He's, he's hungry for another win, and so I think the Seahawks are going to come out on top of that one. Uh, that's going to come down to can the Seahawks' defense slow down the Cardinals' offense? Honestly, probably not, but it's going to be a shootout regardless. Steelers-Jags, I'm going with the Steelers. This is a key matchup because of the potential for the Steelers to lose their undefeated uh, record. Um, I don't think they will this week, but, hey, anything can happen. Uh, Titans-Ravens. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens at that one. The Titans are coming off a string of losses, you know, heartbreaking losses. But I think the the Ravens can get it done. Rams-Buccaneers, I think the Buccaneers, I think the Buccaneers take this one. But I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a very close match. Um, You know, it it all comes down to can the Rams get to Tom Brady? Um, I'm going to say they, they get to him a few times, maybe maybe sack him a couple times, but I think the Buccaneers' O-line will hold up. Now, on to the NBA news. This is what I've been waiting for. The insane free agency day one. We got a bunch of bombshells dropped on us. Chris Paul to Phoenix. You heard me right. Chris Paul has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. If you ask me, this is a very bad move by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, They traded away uh, a key piece of their young core, Kelly Oubre. Um, I think they also gave away a few picks. I'm not entirely sure on the super specifics of the trade, but you have to look at it. Chris Paul is 35 years old. He can't – he's already showing signs of decline and not necessarily declining in terms of his passing ability, but, you know – Chris Paul is, has not been perfectly healthy his entire career. He's had major injuries. He's had to take off 30 games at a time, 40 games at a time. He's had to miss time in the playoffs. And so when you look at what you're giving up, you gave up a piece of your young court, and you gave the Oklahoma City Thunder more picks. They already have a wealth of picks over the next I don't know how many years. Um and you're getting Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a phenomenal point guard. He's no doubt going to go out as one of the greatest point guards ever, and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That is 100%. But is he really going to push you over the edge and to make you a contender in the West? No, I don't believe he is. Um, I believe the Phoenix Suns will be an eighth, maybe seventh seed team at most. But you're looking at the seventh and eighth seed. Who are they going to have to play in the, in the playoffs? They're going to have to play the likes of the, the Lakers. They're maybe going to have to play the Warriors. You know, so I don't – I understand what the Suns were trying to do, but I don't necessarily agree with the move. Other free agency news. Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich were traded to Milwaukee. Um, this is the help that uh, – this is the help that Giannis needs. I think this makes them a true threat for the championship. And this move may have solidified them as coming out of the West, um, the East. Um, you know, you got Drew Holiday, who's a elite playmaker. Um, he can shoot, 
And then you got Bogdanovich, who is a lights-out shooter. He's fearless with the shot. And so that's what the, the Bucks really needed. The Bucks really needed people that could space the floor so when Giannis drives, he can kick it out to them. And he, they, they needed knockdown shooters. Um, Chris Middleton is an all-star level player, but him alone is not a threat to any other team. You know, they needed more shooters uh, around Giannis. And they got just that. Did they give up too much? Possibly. But I think these trades solidified Milwaukee as coming out of the East. Some more bombshells that were dropped on us yesterday. Both Harden and Westbrook want out of Houston. That was very surprising to me. Not necessarily Westbrook, but more so Harden. Um, we've seen Harden be electrifying as a player, electrifying as a scorer, but it always seems like he just he can't get it under the playoffs. We've seen even they, they came within a game of making the NBA Finals, and they, they blew it, honestly. Um, I don't necessarily think that Harden or Westbrook are going to be traded before the season starts. Um, I think they're both going to have to, well, at least Harden. I think Harden's going to have to play out the rest of his contract in Houston because I don't see a, a good fit for him exactly. But, hey, you never know. Uh, there were trade talks of James Harden going to the Nets. There were trade talks of James Harden going to the Celtics. Uh, one that I found particularly interesting was James Harden going to the 76ers and a potential trade for either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Uh, I think that that could work, potentially, especially because we've seen uh, Daryl Morey has uh, signed with the 76 organization. Um, some other trades I've seen were uh, Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall. Um, I don't know how much I, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, it's going to be very interesting to watch these two and see where exactly they go. Um, again, I don't know where Harden goes in terms of his career because at this point, it's his win his window of being elite uh, is it's closing. So I don't necessarily know where he's going to go, but we know what's on his mind. He turned down uh, a, contra a two-year, $103 million contract extension that would make him easily the highest paid player in the NBA and the first $50 million a year player. So he turned down that insane amount of money. And so he he's going ring shopping. You know, he, he wants a ring. Um, I don't know where exactly he'll get it. I don't know where exactly he'll go. But James Harden wants a championship ring. Um, and other news, the NBA draft is today. Well, today as of when I'm recording this. Um, as of now, we still don't know who's going number one. We still don't know who's going. We still don't know what's going to happen with the trade picks. You know, um, I've heard talks of the Bulls potentially talking to move up into uh, potentially the number two position in the draft. Um, we still don't know what the Warriors do with that number two pick. Do they select James Wiseman? Uh, do they do they trade down in order to get um, trade pieces for a Serge Ibaka type player? Uh, we don't know, but it's going to be. It's gonna be very good. It's it's it's, it's gonna be very entertaining. Uh, 
And so I'm I'm very excited for the NBA draft. I'm very excited to see what happens. Hopefully my Bulls can pick up a future all-star uh, to get us out of mediocrity. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very much so looking forward to this draft. And with that, this has been the Four Verticals Podcast, Episode 5. This has been Maurice Phipps. Uh, for more updates in the future, please follow Four Vert Podcast on Twitter. That is F-O-U-R-V-E-R-T Podcast on Twitter. Um, the podcast will be going on a one-week hiatus uh, due to me uh, going home for Thanksgiving break. Um, I record these at my school. So, um, everyone, please be safe over this Thanksgiving break. Make sure you mask up. Make sure you wash your hands. I want everybody to stay healthy and COVID-free. And with that, I'm out.